Henry David Thoreau was once known for saying, as if there were safety and stupidity alone. Well, fortunately for us, our stupidity comes with friends. Hello, folks. Welcome to Downhill From Here. I'm your host, Michael Commit, and on today's pilot episode, myself and my good friend, Daniel Anderson, discuss the intricacies and complexity of society and do absolutely nothing to improve it. Stick around, and if you're looking for enlightenment, please check the next aisle. So, since intelligence is so highly valued among everyone on this floor so far, I figured that it would be fun just to discuss absolute random stuff that makes no sense to society whatsoever. I mean, that's fair. Things like society making no sense whatsoever. I mean, yeah, I haven't seen The Joker yet, but evidently I guess that's what it's all about. But I guess the thing that got me is that yesterday I went to physical therapy up by Salt Lake area. And afterward, I went to this health shop across the street in the hopes of getting a protein shake and instead got a breakfast meal. And as I was sitting outside, I couldn't help but notice, and you've probably seen this before. Remember, you know, like, see, uh, like, those water jugs? You can, like, pour water into a cup, but they fill it with, like, some kind of fruit to make it, like, you know, flavored water. What's your opinion on that? Because I never understood and will, quite frankly, never... Well, grasp why that's a thing. So, ironically, uh, my my family would do this all the time. Um, and I honestly think it's to make people feel like they are being healthy. Um, even though they are uh, just, just doing what everyone else does at like six times a day, which is just drinking water. Like, cucumber or lemon in your water is not going to do anything except maybe make you feel superior to everyone else. <laughs> yes, it's a social output for me to show that I'm a healthy individual. Yeah, yeah, and you are not because you, you plebeian like you are, have, uh, um, you know, just regular water from the tap. But I have it from this, this fancy water bottle with strawberries in it, even though it doesn't even taste like strawberries. I think I will ultimately lose faith in humanity if I roll into a pub one day and they're just straight up serving water, but you can get it with flavor shots. The second I, the second I see that, I'm first off, I'm going to go burn the pub down and make it look like an electrical problem, and then I'm going to go move to Canada, the very far northern part of Canada. Who probably also do things like that. Um, but we expect that from Canada, not from our own civilization, right? I guess that's true. It, it makes me wonder, like, what socially accepted but absolutely irrelevant trends do we have in the U.S. that would not be accepted, or at least expected, anywhere else? Kale. You know Probably. What? You're not wrong. <laughs> like, if we're just talking health and fitness, I'm gonna say kale, and I'm gonna say, like, paleo diet. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, paleo, oh my gosh, paleo pancakes and waffles, like, there are just, you know, there's a certain level of deception that I can tolerate. Someone can up and stab me in the back, and I wouldn't care so long as it's beneath the level of my injury and I wouldn't feel it, but the second I go to a pancake house, and they serve me pancakes, and it's paleo pancakes, I'm gonna also burn that place down and make it look like a grease fire instead. Yep, yep. Um, I, I'm not even sure at what point paleo pancakes aren't 
different from like a granola bar though <laughs> maybe it's because that one doesn't fall to pieces the second they bring it out yeah and that's truth, fair truth be told i would prefer a granola bar over paleo because at least nature valley granola bars aren't ashamed to talk about hey we got sugar in this thing Whereas certain things like paleo try to drown their ingredients with, like, organic sugar substitutes or something like that. Yeah, I mean, okay, so so I guess this brings up, like, the general topic of diets in general. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm of the opinion, maybe I'm crazy, you know, eat healthy, try and get vegetables, fruits, you know, a little bit of everything in your diet. But other than that... Eat what you want, and as long as you're not crazy, you know, you'll be fine. But I meet all of these people that are like, oh my goodness, I have to do this diet or that diet or whatever because it's for my workout or whatever. And I'm like, you hate life, don't you? Like, like there is some part of you in your early childhood that broke where you said food is not supposed to be enjoyable it is supposed to be punishment hmm and just like imagining 12 year old timmy just like going to the movie theaters and then just like some dark anime music in the background him realizing no corn was never meant to be popped and drowned in butter corn was meant to well never be eaten at all and from that moment on little timmy swore off corn and was never the same again and then he moved to Utah because those people live all over here. <laughs> it's ironic that you bring up uh, popcorn, though, um, because I'm one of the rare people um, that actually does not like popcorn. Is that what? <laughs> yeah, most people think I'm absolutely insane. And part of it was health reasons. Like, I, I like most people, only like movie theater popcorn where it is drowned in butter and covered in salt. Um, but any other type of popcorn, I'm like, nope, I just don't like it. I, I, I don't know why. And so I just swore it off altogether because, honestly, if I'm going to have a cardiac arrest, I'd, I'd rather have it be a double or triple bacon cheeseburger than have it, uh, you know, be in the movie theater watching, you know, Up 4. <laughs> up 4. This time, Carl gets to the... <laughs> Sorry, you just, I'm just trying to imagine what Up Four subtitle would be. This time with the uh, with the uh, Boy Scout kid as the old man or whatever. <laughs> up Four, Generation Five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but um, I I totally agree. Like people in Utah, um, the the weird kind of approach that they have towards health and wellness. Like, you, you know, um, uh, Young Living or all of the essential oil uh, companies that are out here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally. A friend of mine um, said that it, it, people talk about the Mormon Mafia and all that kind of stuff. But no, like, these companies really are like the Mormon Mafia because no one else signs up for them, but everyone that is a part of these companies, like, they are, they are, they will kill for their product. It's just, like, imagine this hit squad rolls up to your home with, like, Tommy guns. They, like, kick down the door. I heard that you weren't using the lavender. How could you do this to me? We broke bread together. And now you go on to the mint leaves. 
I'm not exactly good with my mafia accent, but you get the idea. Why is you using the hibiscus extract of my uh, competition? I don't know why you're doing this to me. I thought we was family. You, know, you say you say competition as if there's someone else who does it in this state. It's like some old nanny down the road who just like throws in her back. It, it's almost like cannabis in Washington and Utah. It's just essential oils. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Everybody's doing it in their backyard, and uh, most people don't care. But the people that do care care a lot. Yeah, they are one one interesting fan base. <laughs> But you know, it's funny, like, I just had the realization, Utah is just a giant nobody state. Like, you know the nobody meme, where, like, someone will say, you know, such and such does this, nobody, colon, crazy statement after that? Yeah. Utah is that state, because think about it, um, literally nobody. Brigham Young, yes, this giant desert is the perfect place to settle down. Or literally nobody. Some dudes in southern Utah, yes, we're going to grow cotton when it's a thousand degrees out. And you could probably make a really long list about just all the nobody statements the state of Utah has. Yeah, literally nobody. How many startups can we start in yeah. the middle of winter? Apparently everyone at BYU ever. <laughs> yes, exactly. How many... Uh, how many... Uh, Nobody. This state is about as diverse as a polar bear blinking in a blizzard. Yeah. Or a glass of milk. Or yeah, a glass of milk <laughs> with some dusting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> gosh, that's horrible. Let's see, you're from Kansas City originally, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are, like, some nobody statements? That's in Missouri, right? Yes, uh-huh. What are, like, some nobody statements that come out of Missouri, if you guys have any? So... <laughs> Um, I apologize to everyone from Missouri that hears this episode, um, because most of them are going to be real redneck statements, right? Oh, goody. Um, like, literally nobody ever. Kansas City. You want to try my barbecue? No, my barbecue's better. No, my barbecue's better. Um, literally nobody. You see, if you take this trash can and you peel back the, uh, the paint and, and uh, outside, you can actually make an explosive or uh, literally nobody ever. Um, if you are using anything other than um, Cool Whip containers, as Tupperware, then you are bougie as crap. <laughs> what low life, low peasant uses cool whip or no, uses uh, what's it called? Uh, Tupperware. Oh yeah, actual Tupperware. <laughs> low life uses actual Tupperware when they got an empty cool whip bottle they can use. Um, literally nobody. Um, Kansas Cityans or or Missourians, probably. Probably just Southerners. Um, how dare you throw away bacon grease? Didn't you know that's perfect for lubricating everything? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yes, I insert insert the uh, appalled uh, posh person. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> 
Oh man, now I'm just wondering. Like, I'm, I feel like if I ever make a trip out east and I happen to be driving through Missouri, Arkansas, or somewhere around that part of the Mason Dixon, I'm gonna roll up to like a like a like a tire shop and ask for them to change my tires because evidently that needs to happen. And the guy's gonna walk out and say, "Like, Cletus, you in the banking grease? We gotta move these axles." And I'm gonna be thinking, first off, that doesn't make any mechanical sense, and second off, what are you getting this stuff? Or just uh, uh, go out and work at some nursing home, and they just have tubs of bacon grease. Okay, now you gotta go and uh, get, rub the rub the corns off of uh, old lady MacGyver's uh, feet over there. Sheesh. People think Utah's the weird state. Honestly, I think every state is a weird state, just oh, yeah. for their own things. And to be entirely honest, like. Um, Missouri, the Kansas City area where I'm from, um, we're not as crazy. It's when you get in into the south, and we call them the Boone Hills, because uh, that's where, uh, uh, well, that's where the rednecks live. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and again, I apologize for anyone who lives in that area that's listening to this uh, this uh, podcast episode, but you know I'm right. Everybody there knows that I'm right, and they they like uh, they have a weird pride about it. Like they try and out redneck each other. Like there there was this competition. A friend of mine uh, who went to high school a little bit south from me, he said that they would compete to determine how big they can get their tires for their little pickup trucks. And one kid, uh, his dad had like a connection with the monster truck rally or whatever, literally got monster truck tires on his little bitty Chevy truck. And and literally the tires were almost bigger than the truck itself. Um, but literally they try and, and out redneck each other for like, the title of King Redneck or whatever. I like, I don't even know what what title you get at that point. <laughs> I mean, never mind the title. What does the throne of King Redneck look like? Like, I'm envisioning a guy sitting on what is basically just a converted 1,600-ounce can of Budweiser. Yes. Let's see here. Um, for his staff, he's got a double-barrel 10-gauge because evidently that's just the ultimate form of shotguns. And he wears a deer skin that he yeah. killed him, killed and skinned himself. He's wearing the deer skin <laughs> as a cape, but he's just wearing nothing but overalls beneath. Yes, and of course, there's got to be some, like, tattoo of the American flag on his chest or something like that. He's got, like, the American flag on the right shoulder, the Confederate flag on the left shoulder. <laughs> Doesn't give a who. Uh, no, I talk a bit, I talk a lot of smack, but honestly, rednecks... Um, they get a bad rap. They're actually super hospitable, but, um, don't go hunting with them. They might mistake you for prey. <laughs> oh, sounds like you're talking from experience. I've never been hunting, but I've heard some crazy hunting stories. Um, literally one guy, um, he said that his, when his grandfather went hunting for the first time, this was before they had reflective vests. Um, he went out and his grandfather, so this guy's great-great-grandfather, shot off his grandfather's, like, right butt cheek. 
or like a big chunk of it, um, because he mistook him for a deer. Ow. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I'm just imagining like Thanksgiving dinner, like, now let us all sit down and enjoy this wonderful meal that's been prepared. Granddad, you know I can't sit anymore after what you done to me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, son. Here, uh, uh, we'll just, you just stand there and, uh, pull your pants up. They're falling down because I don't got a left butt cheek, Granddad. <laughs> I don't have natural traction on my pants anymore. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, it's like that phrase, you know, chew someone out or chew their butt out or something. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, my grandpa chewed me out so hard. A piece of my butt's missing. Oh, really? What did you do? He shot me. <laughs> okay, honestly, though, I feel like there are probably a lot of um, funny stories that have the end of them is just, he shot me. Um, for whatever reason, like, um, oh, I heard you and, uh, you and Gerald got divorced. Um, what happened? He shot me. <laughs> <laughs> Jumped it. That's, uh, that escalated quickly, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> let's see, what would be another one? Uh, let's see here. Gosh, getting shots kind of specific, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. But you're from, you're from the Vegas area, right? Yeah, I lived on the west side of Las Vegas. At least, so I was raised in Denver, pre-California invasion, so pre-2008. <laughs> I know, like, it's, it's a really funny thing among old-timers in Colorado, I still think, because I haven't lived in Denver since, but evidently, ever since I left, because it was right before then, the town just changed significantly, and all the people who were there before that just were super salty about it now. But nonetheless, even though I was raised in Denver, I spent three years in a ranch town in southern Utah, where basically the U Utah equivalent of rednecks live. They're a different breed altogether. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're all right, but yeah, they... Anyway, and then yeah, I went to high school in Las Vegas for four years. So, I'm, I'm sure you've got some crazy stories from your Vegas days. <laughs> Probably Colorado days, too, like... What's what's Vegas's version of Missouri rednecks? Vegas's version of Missouri red. Hmm. Okay, so it's not as extreme, really. But in the south part of Vegas and in the towns outside of Vegas, we have a lot of people who just kind of, for random reasons, just run head. And by run head, I mean they have livestock. Now it's not like any huge operation or anything like that. And as far as the redneck comparison goes, they're not the best comparison per se, but it's just weird because I remember driving on the south end of Vegas because you go from north to south in Vegas, it's like, okay, North Vegas, this is the hood, but it's in disguise. <laughs> you go down the strip, it's the strip. We don't, locals don't talk about the strip. That's where all the <laughs> tourists and hookers live. Um, and then you just get to the south end and it's like all of a sudden the houses are spaced apart. There's a couple of corrals for like one horse here and there. Like, it's such a random thing to see. But then you see it, and it's like, oh, yeah, these guys exist. But that's super rare. If I had to give, like, a hard comparison to, like, rednecks from the South, truth be told, there were just some guys who just lived in Vegas who were just literally rednecks. There was this guy I remember in high school, and I'm not certain if I can not do a name drop on this guy because of public domain and whatnot, but this guy was definitely 100% absolutely a redneck 
And uh, I'm not exactly certain what defines a redneck, but he was the type of guy where if you said so much as if you said so much a nice thing about what truck brand he doesn't drive, he would immediately judge you. Yeah, that's pretty redneck. Mm -hmm. I remember in my high school, it was almost a battle to the death, Dodge versus Chevy. And and I'm here, I'm like, I don't know anything about cars, right? Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't really care about cars. I can't drive cars, so I'm like, I don't really care. Um, I, I Ferrari, Ferrari, Lamborghini, fancy sports cars. That's pretty much all I actually knew anything about, like, because everybody likes, you know, fancy sports cars and stuff like that. And here they are talking about the differences between, like, how many horsepower, you know, the Dodge has and whether or not it's got a hitch in the back or whatever. And I'm like, okay, you realize, you realize that in all practicality, Dodge and Chevy are either both good or they both suck. And that you're arguing about nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like the iPhone versus uh, Android or Samsung argument that people have. Yeah, yeah. yeah only it's down south, so it's about something else. But, yeah. you know, it's funny you say that because bringing that back to Las Vegas rednecks, I guess I had more experience with Las Vegas white people than okay. Las Vegas rednecks. And they would argue about, like, iPhones versus Androids and stupid stuff like that. So... Yeah, I lived on the west side of town, which is the nicer-ish side of town, but I lived in one of the more lower-end neighborhoods, per se, which meant it only got robbed twice a week instead of once a week. <laughs> um, anyway, so I still remember to this day, because coming out of southern Utah, population 140 in the town I lived in, to West End Vegas, talking to some guys, some girls, they're like, oh my gosh, have you been to actually no this was me saying that so scratch the x and i was like have you guys ever been to that mall down by the marriott and they're like oh you mean like that mall dude that mall is super ghetto i'm like how's that mall ghetto first off it's a mall <laughs> i don't normally associate malls with ghetto places or maybe i'm just out of touch but like i kid you not these guys on the west end like they weren't the most first world problem people i've ever met but they were pretty up there i'd say which is why it was so much fun with the job that I had of dealing jerky out of my backpack because I felt like I was a con man among a bunch of rather unfortunately ignorant people. It was it was funny. Unfortunately ignorant, yes, but uh, perfect clientele. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so you mentioned uh, you mentioned Apple versus Android. Yeah. I feel like this podcast is the perfect place to actually adjudicate that once and for all. And you know what I say to that? Uh, just be a chat who's grateful to have a smartphone in the first place? Well, I was going to say, screw smartphones. They're taking over our lives and the beginning of the robot empire. <laughs> oh, I thought that was Google and cats. I mean, I mean, Google does power most of Android uh, devices. It's so. the triple entente of the world takeover. Apple, Google, and... I don't know. A company that has yet to be disclosed. Tesla? I don't know. I Maybe. I could... No, I don't think Elon Musk would... He's crazy, but he's not Bond villain crazy. That is true. Could you imagine Elon Musk in a Bond movie? 
I don't know what part he would play. Like, part of me wants to say that he would be Q. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But the other part of me is like, he could also be like the quirky henchman for the Bond villain. That's like, yes, we have built the rocket to the Mars, yes! Yeah, bring back the 70s henchman, let's do it. (laughs) No, like, I'm imagining, like, James Bond, whoever he's played, you know, kicks down the door, and there's Elon Musk with, like, a flamethrower. And, you know, one of his patented flamethrowers. And he's, like, sitting on top of the boring drill. He's like, Mr. Bond, uh, hi. Yeah, you're too late. I I can't do a very good Elon Musk impression, but we're about to uh, drill under Dubai to literally undermine the city's infrastructure, but you can't stop me because I've also uh, bought out MI6 using Dogecoin. Oh, my goodness. Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Why did I say Dogecoin? Well, we were just talking about Dodge and Chevy, so that makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. Dogecoin, oh, yeah, I I was talking with a few people that are, like, bit, big Bitcoin enthusiasts, and they said, yeah, honestly, Dogecoin has just completely undermined, like, all cryptocurrency arguments forever. Like, Dogecoin has just made crypto a joke. I love the fact that, that I, I know nothing about the stock market or any market at that, but I'm just imagining 100 years ago, the two people were having a conversation with a similar intent, but about different products, but they were actually useful. It's like, yes, yes, Henry Ford's new uh, new assembly line is going to drive uh, handcrafted patterns out of business. Yeah, so, so cool. 100 years later, yo, there's a coin with the picture of a Shibu Inu on it, and it's destroying the market. It's like, you know, I'm impressed at our progress as humanity. I'm also kind of disappointed and also awed by how that happened. Ugh, yeah, honestly. Anyway, Dogecoin ruined the market. It's fine. Well, this isn't isn't a problem at all. Honestly, I, I think cryptocurrency is one of those things that I think it's kind of a hype thing. Um, I think it's been hyped for so long that eventually it's going to settle down and everyone's going to be like, what happened? And and everyone else who didn't invest in crypto is going to be like, literally y'all just ran out of people to induct into your strange cult. The cult of crypto. That, actually, that sounds like a movie name for like a mummy sequel. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, where, where crypto is like some sort of... Uh, literal underground community. No, I got it. So, that's the Bond film. The Cult of Crypto. And Crypto, however he or she is represented, is the villain. And Elon Musk is the henchman. Oh, I love that. Uh, on some later episode, we have got to talk about first world problems. Because let me tell you, those are some of the craziest stories I think I've ever heard in my life. Same here. (laughs) Unfortunately, in my years of living among people with first world problems, you just kind of get used to them. Now mind me, I never adopted first world problem mindsets. I just have a bad feeling I won't detect them as easily as others. But, well, yeah, we'll talk. I have to talk about it sometime. Fair enough. Thanks for having me on the show, Michael. Yeah, no problem. I figured if people haven't wasted enough brain cells at this point, then hopefully they'll come back and use up what precious little they have then. Yeah, that's the goal of this show, after all, to uh, indoctrinate mindless drones to our cause. So we can fund James Bond, 
The curl. The cult. The crypt of, of crypto. Yes. The yeah. crypt of crypto. The crypt and cult of crypto. Starring Elon Musk. And probably others, but we haven't talked to Tom Hanks, you know. It's very interesting in our project. Yes, and so is Ryan Reynolds and also The Rock. Yes, yes, all the big names. Yes, so be certain to follow this show so that we can get to that point, or at least hire a washout animator to, I don't know, make something stupid come to life. Thank you for listening to Downhill From Here. I'm Michael Commit, and I congratulate you on making it this far. Give yourself a pat on the back and go get some ice cream. And remember, you are a beautiful person, and I hope you have a wonderful day.